Romans chapter 5 verse 8 But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Hi guys Welcome to today's episode of JT's Light in Life I know it took a while to record this and some of y'all were already anticipating i'm sorry that i kept you waiting i had a wonderful week a wonderful week when i say wonderful i mean wonderful you really don't want to know but something that i'm excited about is that i didn't lose my praise and i didn't lose my joy yes my joy is still intact and i'm very excited about that today's episode is going to be the second part to the previous one i remember that we talked about god being angry if he was angry or not and i remember using adam and eve as instances yes so we're going to continue from there i am so excited because i got comment from some listeners who listened and the question asked by one of them particularly is what one of the things i'm going to be talking about in today's episode i am so psyched i'm pretty excited i'm glad to be recording this episode and i just i don't know i'm just glad i'm just glad because i didn't have to put an end to this like i said before i didn't lose my joy so we're going to continue with today's episode thank you for staying tuned to jt's light and life i will be right back <laughs> hello and welcome to jt's light and life my name is olafimi ojimoke and i will be your host for today okay guys welcome back welcome back welcome back so while i was preparing for this episode i just jotted out one of my musings and i said why are we concerned about god's anger did his anger bring us to him you know when we say that god is love god is love god is love and all of that we want that clause where or that part that says god is love but he could get angry at you if you if you if you do this if you do that and all of that but really why are we so concerned about God's anger did God's anger bring us to him you know if if you if we really look at it well if God was angry at us then we might not actually have been saved you know, I was trying to establish establish in the previous episode how that God was not angry at Adam and Eve. I talked about how he clothed them, how he prepared them for the new world into which they were going. So I'm saying, if God was angry at our sins, then would he have really saved us? You know, I read from Romans chapter 5, verse 6, that said, but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, God is not angry at us. And 
if he wasn't angry at us before and if he could give us his son Jesus to die for us on the cross before we even had an idea that we come into this world before we even have had, had, had an idea that we're going to meet with Christ one day and accept him God did it as something beforehand so it's like I know that you are going to come back home so let me just do this one time for all because I know I am certain that you will come home so God was God angry God could have just decided to give up on the human race since Adam had sinned he had gone against his will and all of that he could have just given up but in that plan that he had in that plan that he was coming up with when he had to put Adam out of out of Eden in that plan that he was going to execute he had said okay I know that all of you are going to come home so let me just do this once and for all his anger did not bring us to him when God was calling us forth when God was preparing to bring us to himself he was not angry he was filled with love and love pushed him to map out that beautiful beautiful plan that plan that once you believe you become mine so if God was not angry when his son died for us thousands of years before we were given birth to would that God be angry after he has forgiven us the drill here what I'm trying to pass across here is God is not angry at us when we sin he frowns at sin not at us I hope you get it when God put Adam out of Eden he was not pissed at Adam he was pissed at the fact that a disruption has come into his plan one of the questions I got from one of the listeners was but would this mean that we are not in danger of God's anger and I told him this same thing I said God is not angry at you when you sin God is angry at the sin God is angry at that disruption of his plan you know I said it previously when I read book of 1st John 1st John chapter 3 from verse 4 he said sin is a disruption of God's order I read the message version so when we sin God is not angry at you God is angry at the sin God is angry at that disruption of his plan God is angry at the fact that okay for that period of time you are not growing you are not moving forward because we have we feel guilty we feel sad that we've done this so it is a disruption of his plan it is a disruption of our growth so God is not angry at you God frowns at sin because it is God's desire that you grow you know what they say about being a baby then begin to see it begin to crawl begin to walk so God desires that you grow in knowledge of him and having committing sin puts a hold on that I don't know I, I, I feel like it is 
quite hard for us to just comprehend you know that as humans even those people that we see as gentle and meek and all of that we see them we see them as some, some people call them pretenders and some of us who don't see them as pretenders we believe that their anger is always bad maybe we have actually envisioned god in that aspect like that uh yes i understand that god is full of love but if god gets ang- angry at you last song and we begin to think that because god is angry at us we begin to fall sick we begin to bad things begin to happen to us god is not like that god is totally love and like i said before i'm not saying that don't continue to say eh, god is not angry at me but what about your growth what about your knowledge of god do you know how frustrating it is when someone keeps repeating a particular class like physically you know someone who repeats a particular class because why something happened to him or he does not know something and he keeps repeating that class the person is going to get fed up that is when frustration sets in but it has nothing to do with god punishing you you know when we say that god is love in his love is his correction in his love is his anger but not anger like we think anger is like in striking us with a disease or something you know how that when we don't study our bible in the morning when we don't pray and we are going out now something bad something bad happens to us maybe as the past cut we think that it is god telling us that we should have just read your bible because not read your bible let me let me let me do something bad to him that ruin his day those kind of mindsets god is not like that like i said before sin only it has an effect on you that god is not pleased with so god does not like sin at all and what was said in book of first john chapter 3 from verse 4 going down we said that god he said christ has come to destroy sin sin is not in his plan Christ came to deal with it. So he didn't come to further tell you that, hey, so that you will not sin. Don't do this. Don't do that. He said, I have not come to give you a list of commandments. I have come to give you just one, and that is love. So I'm saying that in, in response to his question, does it mean that we are not in danger of God's anger? I'm saying that there's, there's nothing to be scared of. We need to come to that point where we believe that God loves us to a fault. God, does it mean that God, God, God does not chastise us? No, I'm not saying that God does not chastise us. God does chastise us with His word. He corrects us like a father, a love, like a father that loves his child. God does not correct us with sin, uh, with sicknesses or pain or causing us to have a bad day. You're not going to say, ah, it's because I did not read my Bible. That's why this is happening to me god is not like that if god will correct us he will do it the right way in love so no we are not in danger of god's anger because god is full of love i'm coming somewhere i'm I'm, I'm, i want to drive a point home stay with me you know that sometimes when we hear about this extravagance of god we begin to think that ah if you tell people this thing now they'll just be sinning anyhow me the point is not sin see eh when Christ came there's a part of the Bible in Ephesians that said he made twin one 
That is what Christ came to do. One of the things that he came to do was restore order. You know, in the in the Garden of in the in Eden, like the Garden of Eden, in Eden, man and God could communicate. There was no need for a medium or something. There was access, free access. So one of the things that Christ came to do was bridge the gap that sin created. You know that the moment Adam left the Garden of Eden, he could not talk with God like he used to. It was as if like all the things I could do before, it began to it began to fall out of them. Like it, it could not function like he used to. So he used to hear God before, he could talk to God so well before, but all of a sudden those those abilities began to go down. So at the point he could not even hear God anymore. But Christ came to bridge the gap. So when we say that God is not angry at you when you sin, we are not saying that keep sinning. Paul said, shall we continue to sin because we now have grace? No. The point for Christ's coming eh, was to give us access to God. It is in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, that we may come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace to help in time of need. Throne of, you guys, you guys know the verse, please. I don't want to stutter. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. So Christ came to destroy sin. God's love was further revealed. It wasn't like God was angry before, but his love was further revealed. So now we are granted access to God. So the idea is not to look at sin. Your sins have been forgiven, says the word of God. If you confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive our sins. And like I said in first John, I said Christ came to destroy sin. So the aim is not to remind you of your sin again. It is in Hebrews that in the Old Testament, they have to sacrifice ram. And let's say somebody killed somebody. And because I have to bring a, a ram each year to atone for my sin, I keep rem- I keep remembering that, ah, okay, the person keeps keeps remembering that, ah, he's not bringing these things because someone has killed somebody. I've killed somebody. So, you will feel guilty. But Christ's blood has washed our sins once and for all. The Bible says it became sin. It took all of it and nailed it on the cross. So Christ came to give us access to the Father. The essence of telling you that God is not angry, God is love, is because you need to have this mindset to fellowship with God. See, the essence of all of this is your fellowship with God. So the emphasis of Christ's coming is not on God's anger or on how much you've sinned or how much guilty you should feel. The point is fellowship. So Christ came so that you can approach the throne of grace. I don't know. I'm trying to drive home a point here. So your consciousness is not sin. Your consciousness is not God's anger. You have nothing to do with that anymore. Corinthians says that you have become the righteousness of God. Why? Because God, Christ took your sin. He said he who knew no sin became sin. That you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So Christ has clothed you with righteousness. So you can approach God's throne. You can fellowship with your father. There's no point looking at those sins that, that Christ said he has washed away, he has taken away. The point is not God's anger. Okay, what's the point of thinking about God's anger? If it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to just get you scared, you're not going to be very conscious. Ah, what I did today, is this sin? What I did? No. The point is fellowship. 
Christ has dealt sin a blow, a deadly blow, once and for all. You'd read some scriptures in the epistle and say that he made an open show of devil and his works. You have been translated from darkness into light. So the point is not focusing on darkness. The point is not focusing on God's anger. God's anger is not against you anymore. You are saved. You have been bought with a price. The reason why he did all of this was for fellowship, to restore that relationship that Adam had with God in Eden. So your consciousness is not sin. Your consciousness is not God's anger. Your consciousness is, oh, I am righteous. Your consciousness is now I have access to the Father. The listener also asked me a question. He said, wouldn't he also put us in the risk of hell? Why are you talking about hell? Why are you focusing on hell? Don't you believe that the God who has saved you, who has saved your soul, is able to keep you to the end? Is in the Bible, said, he who has begun this work will perfect it. He who has started this good work is able to bring you to the very end. something in my notes I said do we now say sin and don't stop no what would be the point of God's love then we preach God's love so our fellowship with him can be true real not out of fear of punishment when you find out when you find out God's love and give it all you've got you hardly ever have time to want to test God's patience or get drunk or milking him for the fun of it you get to business and you work so someone so, so if someone is asking me that wouldn't it also put us in the risk of hell is you still being scared of punishment and like I said before the God who has loved you from scratch who has who has given his son his only son who has found out a perfect plan to have you saved that's in God you still want to punish you the Bible says that he who believes is not condemned but he who does not believe, believe is condemned already hell is an example of condemnation you are believed in God there should be no there should be no fear of punishment because your father loves you and we have established before that he's not angry at you when you sin that's why they tell you that when you when you commit any sin towards god be be bold enough to go home you know we, we saw this um this thing on the internet then when he said that the way we is god is like ah i did something wrong my father is going to kill me but with god you can say i did something wrong i have to talk to my father why do you worry about hell when your God is enough to save you? I say, hey, we're supposed to think about these things. Like I said before, your consciousness has shifted because you are in Christ, because Christ has died. So it is no longer on, like I said, those ones that have to sacrifice a ram every, every, at a particular time in the year because he committed a particular sin. Christ has won all for you. You can always go to Christ and ask for forgiveness. He's your advocate, your intercessor. 
so your consciousness has shifted it is not about hell now it's about your fellowship with god and i trust you i i, I tell you you know bible that says that if you put your um it does that put their hand on the plow i don't know i don't know if that is a worthy example but what i'm trying to say is that your consciousness has shifted your focus is on god and your fellowship with god your focus is righteousness which you have become through christ your focus is holiness which god has given you as a son It is not about these things anymore. It is about light. It is about truth. Not darkness. Not fear. Not fear of being punished. Like I said before, I said I feel like most of us are, are so scared that God is this good. God is this extravagant with his love. Ah, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure that God is not angry? Are you sure that are you sure that you will not go to, will not go to hell like this? Are you sure? But God is saying, be rest assured. Let your consciousness shift. You need to love God and serve him and follow him and fellowship without fear of punishment that one day God is just going to wake up and just want to throw you into hell. Am I saying that hell is not real? No, please. Hell is real. But I am saying that let your consciousness shift you know they say that whatever you feed your mind is what you become if you feed your mind with fear you'll be fearful if you feed your mind with light you'll be filled with light if you feel your mind with joy and confidence you will be confident so god now cannot be accessed because of christ and god is your focus not hell not the punishment he might, he might inflict on you God is your focus. God is your focus. Your relationship with God is your focus. You are so conscious of how Christ has dealt with sin. How Christ has given you a new life. How you have become a new being. You are so conscious of how that when you pray now, God hears because there is no barrier. You are so conscious of God's love for you. It fosters a good relationship with God. God desired fellowship. That's why I created man. And now that Christ has helped us bridge the gap, our focus should be on fellowship with God. Should you continue not be sinning? No, that is not the point. That is the thing because that is not what your focus is supposed to be on. Your focus is God. Look at God. Let your gaze be his gaze. Let your eyes lock. You know when they say that, uh, let's say that you are walking on a plank, in the middle of the sea and the person in front of you says keep looking at me why because you're not supposed to look at the distractions you're not supposed to look at the the sea because if you look you could fall you could sink what what did jesus tell peter look at me and it was until peter shifted his gaze from christ that he noticed that he was sinking your focus is christ god did not save you to now keep reminding you of sin I'll keep referring to the Old Testament. Those were the ones who had who, who had who had a yearly remembrance of their sins because they always go back to ask for forgiveness. They always renewed their their forgiveness plan with the blood of a ram or of a bull, as big as their sin was. That was how big their sacrifices were. I don't know if you get it. Your focus is God. When you look at God, then sin will not be a problem. 
when you look at God, when your focus is God, you cannot be a candidate of hell. God wouldn't even want and would not want anyone to end up there. But people make their choices though. But for you, a believer, a son of God, your focus is God. Your focus is not sin. Your focus is not sin. Your focus is Christ, your Father, God, the one who loves you. Lock eyes with your lover. Lock eyes with your Father. Lock eyes with your Savior. And you can conquer sin. Let your gaze be on God. Fix your gaze on the author and finisher of your faith. Who has come to destroy sin? Sin is not in his agenda. And sin cannot be in yours too. Your focus is your father. Your course is to delight in your father, to fall in love, to engage, to fellowship, for him to reveal things to you, for you to experience him in ways. Our God is deep, we say it. Our God is vast. There are so many things to know about God. So what's the point of now distracting yourself with sin and hell when there's a lot for you to explore in God? I might have stuttered and said some things, but please... Try pay attention. God's anger is not the point because you can say that eh, God can be angry at children because a father is angry can be angry at their children. But I'm saying that God's anger is not how you paint it to be. It's not in inflicting sin. It's not like that plague in in Egypt. The Bible says that even my father loves it, chastises it, and. This is how you know that we are not bastards because God actually corrects us. But does he correct us with sin? No. And with sickness? No. I really hope that the point is gotten. Your growth is important to God. That is why he is not so pleased when sin comes in the way. God desires that you grow. You know, the Bible says that God, it is God's desire that we be in health and prosper, even as our soul prospered. So sin is a disruption of order. God has said, ah, my, my children have to grow in me. They have to know more about me. But sin keeps coming. And like I said, the reason why we get frustrated is because we think that God is mad at us. We can always come home now. Because Christ is ever at the right hand of God, advocating for us, saying, Father, let's give him another chance. Father. And all of that. See, when God looks at you, he doesn't see sin. He sees his son. He sees righteousness. He sees love. God's anger is not what you think it is. God is so full of love, so full of love. If God, if God was not full of love, then the Bible would not have said that um, the steadfast love of the Lord never cease or his mercies are new every morning. The Bible wouldn't also have said that God is patient with us. God is actually patient in we came. But remember that he had actually died for us before we realized that we we're ever going to come. So those people that we look at outside there, they don't know that the Father is waiting patiently. Now that I say that, ah, you are talking about God like that. Uh, if it was in the days of Noah and all of this, God has struck you dead. God is just looking at them, waiting patiently till they come home. 
And you know the funny part about it? Those people that talk bad about God now, when they come home, when they realize God's love, when they are saved, they, they'll just realize how foolish they've been. God is not going to strike them dead because he said something bad about them. God is full of love. God is full of love. If you have questions, please let me know. I'll try my best to answer them. And if I don't have answers, I'll meet with people who I believe will be able to help with answers. I don't know all. And like I said before, please pay attention. Try to help me see the point. See the point with me. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to this episode of JT's Light and Life. I hope that you are hang on and that you listen to the episode that will be preceding this. Preceding? Succeeding? The one that, the one that comes after this one, Sha. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have hope and be free. Ciao.